Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Dinks with Kinks. Before we get started in tonight's episode, I want to remind you guys that we are in fact on that social media. You can go to at Dinks with Kinks on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and reach out and tell us, hey, give us an idea what you like to hear, what you don't like to hear. Uh, did we cover one of your kinks? Tell us about it. We want to know more. I am your host, John Dondero, and with me as always, the very procedural, the no fuss, but a little bit of muss. Mr. Shep. Really? But could you? Yeah, I'm just kidding. You were all fuss. You're all fuss. He completely stopped whatever he was doing. He was like, what? It's like a record scratch. (laughs) And a person that makes everybody do the cartoon character yell, hello, nurse, Miss Rebecca. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Uh, how are we doing tonight, you young, uh, excitable um, interns? Did you did you just make a Grey's Anatomy reference? Is that what? Is that no, what actually, I was going oh. more of a Scrubs. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, both both shows are great. So well, I <laughs> have been better. I actually probably need to go to the the doctor. <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> We're going to be talking about something that maybe you get to participate in later, and we'll see if it makes you a little bit aroused. Uh, that's Doubtful. right, we are covering Arousal. Arousal. We're actually going to med school. We're going to be covering the medical fetish and what all it entails. Everything. Not, really? No. <laughs> Actually, most of the stuff I found is like three very core subjects. I'm very excited to talk about this stuff. Like things that I thought were fetishes on their own that all kind of fall into this medical fetish. So, isn't it MedFet? Is it MedFet? Isn't that what they call it? MedFet. MedFet. Only the med lazy fet. people. <laughs> yeah, the rest of us just go full blown, full tilt into it. <laughs> I, I. I guess so. it's just um, this is one that is hard for like I understand why people like it, um, but I grew up in a my you know my parents both my mom and my stepdad were both nurses and I literally grew up in a hospital like John your mom was my mom's best friend like we both grew up in a hospital so it's one of those this is not one where my wires got crossed in the developmental stage um, it's just no uh, absolutely not. I probably could be a great med dom, like, you know, like, because I know all the equipment. (laughs) I am, in fact, an EMT, um, grew up in uh, um, uh, the medical field, like you said, our mothers, and can say, in fact, I can stitch you back together. I won't have a boner while I do it, so, I mean, but I'm still excited about this. So, what yeah. about you, Mr. Shep? Are you actually Dr. Daddy? Oh my goodness. Well, no, see, I felt out of place. So I got to give in my medical history like everybody else in the family, it seems. Oh, okay. Go, 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 I, go, go. I also had the, the, uh, the um, respiratory therapist technician of a mother. <laughs> so worked at hospitals, um, second job doing oxygen equipment, all that kind of stuff, so... Yes, grew up or get a bit around it too. 
All right. So we do have an understanding of at least the field of medicine. Oh, yes. But let's see. <laughs> how much do we understand about the fetish behind medical, the whole medical fetish? Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys ever known anybody with this fetish? Um, I have not known anybody, but I've actually seen a lot of med fet porn. I I have. Like, I... I don't know how I stumble upon it, but I, I've ended up. I have not known anybody with it, though. More like you kind of stumble into it, usually. Yeah. Yeesh. Or you it's stumble kind of and it. then later realize um, the person taking care of you kind of has a boner, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Either yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Mr. Shep? You known anybody? I'm thinking through of it. I don't. I think I've ever talked to people or come across specifics dealing with medical fetish. I mean, you know, in society and everything else, you're always seeing the term "want to play doctor" and all that kind of stuff. I was uh, about to make candy stripe nurses, but you know, <laughs> I totally have a thing for uh, the whole nurse outfit. Loving it, just oh yeah, dare. Uh, I do I, love to play I doctor. Nurse. I had a sexy nurse outfit at one point. I did. <laughs> I mean, isn't any nurse outfit on you a sexy nurse outfit? Uh, oh, I don't know. Very there are some scrubs that are not attractive. There are some scrubs that are just not attractive, but they comfy. <laughs> now, when we're talking about the medical fetish, we're not talking about just playing doctor. Um, we're going to go a little more in depth because everybody's done a little bit of cool role play here and there. But with this fetish, we're talking some hardcore role play, like actual medical procedures um, that lead to a sexual nature. And I'm going to kind of just go through some of these. And you guys just, if something pokes you a little bit, we'll stop Ooh. and we'll go through it. Yeah, so. Will I, will I feel a little involved. woozy afterwards? <laughs> if something pokes me, will I feel woozy? Well, first thing I want to cover is medical gowns. So we were joking about uh, dressing up like a sexy nurse or dressing up like a sexy doctor, but the paraphernalia of medical gowns, those god-awful half-sheets with sleeves in them, and I only say that because I have been in the more times I can count and my butt is always out until I get really bored and switch it around and wear it like a robe so my peen is always out. Well, I, the ones I've always had have been the ones that are, because I usually when I'm in those gowns, I'm going to the lady doctor for something. And so they're always the ones that open in the front. <laughs> those are just regular so. gowns. They just put on backwards. I'm just telling you. Okay. I bet you. They're <laughs> no, the same things. But those, those that's the perfect <laughs> outfit for me, though. And guess the what? ones with the back exposed? Yeah. Because yeah. oh, you, you can chose off the entirety of the tattoo for once. That's, that's the best outfit for me. That's him. And that's why he doesn't tie the back of the road when he's at the hospital. He just walks around and he's not even a patient. He's just there. And he saw one. He's like, well, when in Rome, uh, no people are very, uh, people with this fetish can be very aroused just by the sight of hospital gowns. Um, which I didn't really think about, but of course everything, anything could be a paraphilia. Which is the attraction to something that is not uh, genitalia or normal sex. It is an object that you have sexual attraction towards. So. Well, I could 
I feel like it's a, the same feeling I get when I see a, a pair of dress whites, you know, like mm -hmm. it, that whole like, like want to tear sink your teeth into it. I, yeah, I, I just understand that. Did you see her right then? Because as soon as she said those those dress whites, she <laughs> did the bitey motion. Are... Yeah, she just. Mm -hmm. I can't help it. I can't help myself. <laughs> so uh, next on our list, uh, believe it or not, anesthesia is a very popular one. Balloon anesthesia. Not putting people under, but being put under. As in, uh, I'm going to, you know, like you go in for surgery or a small procedure and they put you in that twilight. Oh, wow. The idea of being put under that drives, um, erot you know, like erotic feelings and all that. And it's usually people don't want to put people under it. People with this fetish typically want to be put under themselves. Uh, either just because they enjoy the idea of it. Uh, see me, I have quite the opposite um, reaction. Anytime I've ever had to go for a procedure where they had to give me anesthesia, I have panic attacks the entire time. I don't like not being in control. And I don't like being forced to sleep. And part of this fetish, but I think that's where this fetish lies is because my reaction is their arousal. I, no I wonder, think it's I... very much... Okay. I think it's very submissive in that um, I can see the appeal of that, honestly, the arousal of that, the not being in control, the I, you know, I surrender. Um, so as a sub, that makes a ton of sense Uh I have not, I've been under anesthesia a couple times. I can't say that I've gotten sexually aroused by it, but I can also see how people could um, because it's one of those, here is my body. I give it to you, put me under and do whatever you want to me. And this is that whole, like almost a CNC type thing, you know, like, you know, uh, just consenting to give them whatever they want. And, um, I can see how that that's very arousing uh, to, to some yeah. people. Me? So, <laughs> um, oh, go ahead, Shep. It just brought up the, those, it, your comments, I just had to say, because brought up so many explanations now, because of now I know how you feel about not being in control when you go to sleep. I now understand why I've seen you as you walk by them glare at the, um, the uh, melatonin gummies and then that one time you get really mad and said you don't control me and then i didn't know what you're talking mm -hmm. to but now i know now i, I know. will i will fight them like i have to take them to sleep but the anxiety in me will actively fight sleep medication so i'm the opposite of that fetish but that means that means i can understand it because i'm like they're having the opposite reaction they're yeah. actually, you know, it's actually triggering a response because I know what it's doing to me. Now I just got to move that over from panic and anxiety to boner city. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, let's be honest. We're going to really Bonnerland. Step over. Yeah. Bonnerland is like right next door to Panic Attack Central, so. You stop over every now and then. Sometimes yeah. you get on the, the train and you end up lost. And that's where you end up and find out you want to live there. So. Yeah. <laughs> One moment you're in Bonnerville. The next moment you're in Pantyland. Mm -hmm. Pantyland. No, uh, Pantyland. The next one is probably <laughs> the most common one. Uh, it's one we're probably going to be talking the most about tonight. And that's intimate 
examinations. Uh, getting really intimate with one another. Getting a good look at your partner in ways that uh, you never have before. And let's get into some of these. Uh, very popular. We're going to just get on the list. There's no uh, order, but let's just read it. Rectal examination. Well, Rectal. I feel like that's the first one Damn on the list. Damn near killed him. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Uh, gynecological examination, which I feel like that was like, you know, isn't that what we're all doing in the bedroom? Just getting in there and seeing what we can do with that. Unless I that's do not your cup of tea. Have, I do have to make a confession as, as a female who gets these like you should on a regular basis. I do have to, every when they're down there, just because somebody's down there, like it's very exposing and I do have to fight the urge to be like, I can't, I can't get turned on right now. Just because they're poking around there mm -hmm. does not mean that you, you can start, no. Like. <laughs> if you had like a cute no. substitute come in, would that be like the death of you? Like, okay, you have your normal uh, OBGYN. And you're used to them, and you're like, okay, I'm used to this person, I can control it. But then you have your dream person walk in the door, and like, I'm giving you, hello, I'm giving you your exam tonight. Yeah. Does that smell trouble? Right or, or, like, are you able to go, like, oh, crap. Yeah, I would go, oh, crap. Because they got to be up in there, up in up in there, and then they got to give you the breast exam. I think, I, I think, I don't think that I could, if my dream person, like if McDreamy walks in, I don't think, I, I don't, I, I'd just be like, hey, like, can you just make sure you're looking down there? <laughs> hey, Doc. You're going to need a raincoat, buddy. Guess what I was about to say. It's like, you got, you got a raincoat, Doc? Then, yeah, you might want to go, go get that. <laughs> All right, so next we're going to go in a different direction, kind of what we were talking about, uh, we've talked about before, urological examinations. We're going to be looking in your pee hole. Uh, oh, they're going to be looking in the hole. They're not going to ask for a sample. They're not going to actually ask you yeah. to sound off. They're going to want to be inspecting the um, area, giving a good, nice direction. And we're going to kind of go into what these are in greater detail once we get through the list. Uh, at least ones that we need to. An andro um, andrological examination, which is uh, the opposite of gynecology. They're going to be looking at your boys, your peen, old twig and berries. And probably well, the most popular one on this one. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You have a comment. No, well, that's important. You gotta, gotta squeeze them a little bit. And just... you gotta twiggle I don't think them I've berries. had one of these. I've never been to, I guess, an on, uh, androgical examination. I mean, they've looked at my peen before, but that was like checking for like, you know, prostate issues, swelling, testicular cancer. I guess, yeah. You've had I've the had coughing peen. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, what's the last one? Rectal temperature taking. I mean... <laughs> Our silence. <laughs> among all the things that do get shoved up there or placed up there or pounded up there, I mean, why not? Why not? That's... Yeah, okay. Kind of check through oh, a whole little bit. absolutely. When we were doing the... Um, 
you know, when COVID was at, at its height and they were sending people back to work and they were doing the things where they had to check your temperature before you walked in the door. Everyone at our work was doing that. They were like, you have to come in and get your temperature checked. They stopped doing that when I insisted that their forehead scanner was not an ad- accurate representation of the human body's temperature and they need to be doing it rectally from now on. And every single day, and I just kept bringing them a new thermometer and be like, here, you can use this one today. Oh just put it in my, my butt. Oh my God. Of course you uh, did. They love me at work. Yeah, they love <laughs> me at work. Wow. So we stopped taking temperatures and said it was self-check after that point because... My very strong you know, insinuation that it was not an a- accurate way of measuring temperature, um, temperature. And if you're going to take half measures, you might as well not be here. Uh, not one and there was that one day he provided a taint full of honesty with it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I was like, I'll let you stick it in my butt. I don't care. <laughs> All right. So those are kind of the um, examinations that we were talking about. But now we have everything from, uh, we have a couple more things on our list to get into. Uh, catheterization, (gasps) which has gotten me out of bed to pee before. When I had surgery, they're like, if you don't get out of bed, we're going to catheterize you. I've never moved so quickly in my life. I honestly, okay. Getting the catheter inserted wasn't so bad. It was the taking it out that was like the, the most uncomfortable for me. But I love the fact they didn't have to go anywhere to pee. I mean, to be real honest, it was just nice to just sit there and not have to go anywhere. I don't think... The old, like, I can see how that's... A, that's, But I can see how the sensation is actually the catheter, like, catheterization. I can see how that sensation would turn somebody on. Yeah, and we're going to get into, like, sounding and stuff like that later in. Like, we're going to combine some fetishes here. Uh, I.e. Uh, diapering, like we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. is very popular in uh, this fetish. And of course, enemas. Get old good butt washing. Get your rectal emina. Um, and injections. Both uh, um, s- through oral or if it's too large, I've got good news. It's a suppository. Oh. Have you guys ever had to put a suppository in? Yes. I have. It is awkward. It is awkward, but it's the best way to administer medication into your body. It's it only really awkward is. until you give it sound. And then you go, um, nom, nom, nom. And then it's okay. Oh, I did that every single time. My legs in the air as I'm slowly putting this nom, into nom, my nom, butt. Nom. Going. It's okay as long as you have uh, good sound effects. The worst things can be made better with the best sound effects. And we're going to get also get into like medical devices. Uh, and I know we, we've talked for like 20 minutes on just what this fetish is about. Uh, so we're going to have to cover some of this very quickly. But this is a large fetish. Ones. Oh, needle play though. Needle play is also in there. Needle play Mm -hmm. is, in fact, uh, that goes under uh, insertions and injections. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going to cover, like, medical restraints and medical gags, all sorts of things. This this fetish is literally just a world of kink with different titles. 
If you look, if you look back and listen to every episode this podcast has ever done, congratulations, you have heard the medical kink, the medical fetish, because every almost every fetish we have covered in those eighty some odd episodes is in this fetish. It just has a different name and a different procedure to do it. Huh. So. Wow, that's it's the it's the Swiss Army knife of fetish of kinks of fetishes. It is. It, it does. I like to call it, it the parallel dimension. You, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the same universe, just in, instead um, of being a dom, you're a doc. Instead of a you're sub, right. you're a patient. Oh my gosh, you're so right. That's that's Dr. I like Dom. that. It's the parallel universe. Hello. Yes. Kink. So, and which means I am pretty into this kink because there's lots of stuff on here that I'm like, yeah, I could get behind. I could definitely put somebody, um, uh, definitely in some uh, medical braces. I could strap someone down to a medical bed and do things yeah. like that. So, and I mean, I try. I do not try to dodge, but this one also um, includes the the bedpan changing and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good thing we should cover. Is so much of like we talk about the doctor being the dom here. I mean, the, the bedpan yes. does cover. Well, I mean, that's his job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's <laughs> let's talk about uh, being the sub and having to uh, change all these things while being degraded because these are actually very popular. Everyone always assumes the doctor is the dom in this situation. But sometimes, ever so sometimes, it rolls reverse. Things like bedpan changing. Um changing and taking care of bandages you were being ordered to do so i like to call it the orderly um orderly fetish mm-hmm. the guy who comes to change your bandages uh the underappreciated uh registered nurse who has to come in there and take your vitals and uh be degraded while they're doing it so like mm-hmm. i said every fetish we have ever covered exists in the medical fetish <laughs> That's so much fun, like that. It when, is. Like when, like the, the like when you point that out, and now that I'm thinking about it, it is that makes this fetish fun because it is so much. It is so it encompasses everything, and I think that fetishes that do that that are umbrella fetishes that take everything, and it just makes it its own thing. It's like it takes everything mm-hmm. that you like in the the specific fetish and makes it its own thing, and that's what this does. Like it's like, oh, so you like sounding? Let's make it a catheter. Like that's that's super cool and it's super fun. I like when they when it, it becomes stuff like that. Oh, and speaking Absolutely. of every fetish, though, John, does the does the medical fetish inspire you with those, you know, um, the old school? white uh white nurse ho- hosiery <laughs> oh i no absolutely i have a nurse oh, fetish like there you go i remember growing up uh because like i said uh both me and miss rebecca grew up in medical field and many times i was spending in the er and the nurses wearing their white pantyhose definitely at a young age going i'm into that mm-hmm. <laughs> 
she can come take care of me any day of the week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it does. Because everything from the outfits they wear to the things they do, it covers all the kinks. And so some of the things I want to cover that we haven't talked about before, because like a lot of the stuff I can say, well, just go listen to this episode. If you mm-hmm. have questions about this branch of the medical fetish, look back in the 80 episodes we've done. You can find it there. Uh, but things we haven't covered are things like the enema fetish. It's a very medical procedure, people. Um, and are y'all familiar with what an enema is? Yes. Yes. It oh, you're is wanting a, us to tell you. Uh, <laughs> you really can't. Oh, like no, I know. Okay. <laughs> I know. I've had to do one of these. I've had to do a small one for a colonoscopy. And I've got to say, it is a sensation to uh, that can only be described. Like, only be experienced. It is suddenly, you have to poop, but you don't have to poop. And it's much cooler. Like, and I mean cooler as in temperature. And a little extra moist. Mm -hmm. Everything in your body is your body's temperature, so you're used to everything. That's like when you put a cold glass of water in your mouth, you can feel it in your mouth. As soon as when you swallow it, you can feel the cold in your esophagus. Mm -hmm. You guys ever done that? Mm Mm-hmm. Now imagine the sensation in a place that's never had its temperature changed. Unless you're eating spicy food. <laughs> but no, even then, you know it's there. Yeah. You were prepared yeah. for it all the way down. This is a sudden and shocking change of your body's temperature in a place that never gets its body changed. It is a sensation to say do the least. Do you feel clean afterwards? Actually, yeah, you really do. There is a feeling of clean right after. Now, I had to do this because I was getting a colonoscopy, and so they made me do two enemas. And even though the water was, in fact, at room temperature, I did not go cold, it was considerably a lot cooler than my body temperature. So I was like, ho, hey, ho, my. <laughs> but um, the re- some of the reasons people are into this is because, uh, one, it presses on certain areas of your genitals from the other side. It's much like uh, anal sex without the forcible pressure and pain. Mm. Because enema is typically not painful. Well, because water like, is going to mold to your body, so it's not going to be like mm-hmm. forcing anything. It's going to mold to your... Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to put pressure in places where pressure can be accepted easily. Not on like areas like typically when anal sex hurts is because it's going through a rectum, uh, which is a muscle that is purposely clenched. Water is just going to pass right through it and sit somewhere where the muscle is not clenching it. So it's it's a whole different situation. Um, also, it seems to be very procedural and cold. And by I mean like you don't get an enema in a loving romantic restaurant. <laughs> Yeah, you. I would. That would be correct. Like the, the cold temperature sensation. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, not so much as cold, but like I'm talking like uh, emotionless. Mm-hmm. Typically, when you're getting an enema, this is a uh, procedural thing, and it's very uh, calculated. No emotion and professional. Like a cold so. steel rectal probe. Mm. Honestly, yeah. 
and it's kind of that situational arousal people get from going through the procedure of you're giving me an enema this is i always think back have you ever seen the movie armageddon mm-hmm. they all get enemas in that movie and you can watch them going down the hallway in the most uncomfortable positions because they're not used to the one the sensation and two it's done in the doctor's yeah procedure this is a very medical thing you don't not a lot of people uh, enema themselves at home unless you, this is your fetish or your doctor has instructed de- you to. It's the detachment of it, like the the emotional detachment of not having like, I think that that's also can be a turn on for some people is the fact that we're doing this thing. I like how it feels, but I don't want to be emotionally attached to you. Mm-hmm. And... um. We covered some of this um, last episode when we were talking about the Japanese having to hold it until you can't hold it anymore, your urine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very similar, only very rectally, uh, okay. without having to poo, but really having to poo. Because when you have uh, an enema in you, you really have to poo. But it's not like, a, it's hard to explain. It's not the same as, like, your stomach is upset. Like, poor Miss Rebecca is throughout this entire episode. looking very <laughs> upset about it. Sorry. Uh, as we talk about this. No, 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 no. I'm feeling I'm feeling horrible because you're just like, we'll cover some stuff. And you're like, don't talk about this. Don't do it. <laughs> mm, mm, this is my life right now. Um, I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Hey, all right. Well, I don't need, I don't need an enema because it's not staying in me long enough. Mm-hmm. Well, then this is we need very... to go down the, well, mm-hmm. the, the other avenue of this medical fetish. Um, part of the denial aspect. Cause you know, you can well, insert these little bubbles, blow it up inside a little bit. So it causes a block. So you can't. That's yeah. a medical thing. Well, what I was going to cover with um, the enema thing is it gives you the sensation of really having to go to the bathroom without the gastronomical pain, like the stomach cramps. Because when you have to poo, you feel it everywhere in your chest. Your whole body goes, you have to poo, dude. Go poo. Your stomach is hurting. You're like, I got to do this. With an enema, you have none of that sensation. It is just your butt going, there's something in here it needs to come out. Can you let me out, please? If there's no pain. There's no, there's no like, the rest of your body's in panic. It's just your butthole going, hey, guys. Could you, it's, I, it's the butthole there's voice something for in me. Here. Just, yeah. your, your, your butthole now has a voice, <laughs> and now it needs a name. This is John's butthole, and he talks like this. And there's something inside me. We need to take care of this. Uh, I know stomach is not that upset about it. Uh, the brain doesn't seem to be upset about it, but I'm here and I'm telling you, there's something that we, needs to come out. So we'll give him the name of we, we'll give we him the name of Peter Peter Pucker. Peter Pucker. That's actually a really good name. Peter Pucker here to tell you there's something inside me and it needs to come out. Um, so it is a very different sensation. So actually, this fetish I get. I really get this one. I mean, it didn't do anything for arousal, but I've got to tell you, it was an entirely new experience that I had never experienced before. So I could easily see how this could trigger uh, both physically and mentally trigger arousal. 
because it was pressing against places that if you put your finger, if I was in the mood for this and you put your finger there, I'd be like, hot damn son, let's do this. And Peter would be like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like now we need a shirt, something with, like Peter Pucker wanted to pass on his knowledge to you or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Peter I can Pucker. See how, I can see how this fetish is attractive. It's just because I'm like, I can... When I think medical fetish, I think of the instruments, the metal, the sound, the the texture of the like the steel or it's just I can I can see how that can can be attractive to some people. And it's one of those that that it's just that sensation. And I I, I was like, I can get on board with that. I, I definitely see the appeal in this kink as though it might not be my kink just because of my history growing up, but I could get to it. Now I kind of want to talk about um, why people have this fetish. Like what triggers in somebody to uh, have a particularly a medical fetish? Um, and there are many reasons, as I have learned throughout this. One, you did have the same bringing up me and Rebecca had. In the right time. And that's just how those wires crossed. And like I said, ours didn't, but we were exposed to it. Yeah. Yeah, we all were. And so was, was Shep. <laughs> Shep was like, I don't leave me yeah. out. Shep was like, and me too. I'm sorry. I'm only intending because I've seen Miss Rebecca in an ER while we were like playing with toys. Yes, like, like the nurse's station was a thing when like you had like yeah. it was like a on call and it was we were all together and we were <laughs> we were in an ER together. Like that was a thing. We're like, okay, throw the kids in this room. Like Yeah. I was in the nursing classes too. Yeah. My I actually helped my mom study mm-hmm. for her masters in nursing. I was like I think that's why I think it was just uh, I can see how people are into it because they were raised in and it. it's one of those taboo things like maybe there was a like nurse that they were really attractive to or you know, something like that I can i can see how that it it just i think it was just different for me because we spent so much time there so like it was our house like i didn't even use scotch tape until i was in my teens medical because medical tape it was just like that was our life we didn't use regular scissors we used medical shears like Mm-hmm. It was just my life. Scrubs were so pajamas. Think about it. Yep. <laughs> Scrubs were pajamas. A, Honestly, a whole different level of intimacy too. So a lot of these devices they help you delve deeper into your partner. I mean, even the um, the stethoscope, you can hear the person's heartbeat. So it's very intimate, mm-hmm. very connected. Mm-hmm. So there's oh, a lot of reasons. I- Another reason. Have you guys ever heard somebody uh, say they were, in fact, like, um, oh, the word has lost me now, but I think I have hypochondriac. Yes. Okay. So hypochondriac is, in fact, a medical disorder where you will perceive you have all of these issues. Now, remember earlier when I was talking about the panic reduced and if I just slid it over to Boner City? That's what another people develop this fetish for is because they have a form of hypochondria that is not so much I think I have everything I want to have this stuff done to me because it arouses me it's the same kind of like mental it's the same mental illness 
Except instead of like, I believe I'm sick and dying, I believe this gets me off sexually. Like these medical procedures, I actually derive pleasure from them. And a lot of times with hypochondria, that's what it is. That's why people are convinced they have it. This is a different form of this fetish. Because their body is in fact um, looking for that gratification and that pleasure just not in a sexual manner. So uh, believe it or not, people with hypochondria and people with this fetish have something very much in common because that's kind of what hypochondria is. It's validation and your body is looking for something to replace. Fascinating, right? It is. The psychology of mental it all illness. Is, is a lot of, yes. Mm -hmm. You're so <laughs> stimulating tonight. <laughs> keep going, doctor. Keep going. Tell us more. The doctors, <laughs> you. Um, another thing is a uh, lack of nurturing. Um, people with uh, traumatic childhoods where they weren't nurtured very well. Most of the time, the best nurturing they ever received was from medical procedures because typically, if you grew up in a bad home. You probably went to the doctor more, your, your fair more share times, and they were probably much nicer to you, much more encouraging, and then you latch on to that. A feeling of safety. Um, we talk about that mm -hmm. when we talked about that with like littles and that that regression. Um, a, a hospital or a doctor's office is mm -hmm. notoriously known as a safe place. So if you are in danger, because they're they're automatic reporters. So if you're in that type of home that you didn't get nurtured or you were in a bad home of some sort, that makes sense because it's a safe space. And as a sub, I know for me, it is very important. I feel more sexually aroused when I feel safe. So um, I, that that makes complete sense. And there's no more safety than getting better at a doctor. Mm -hmm. Being taken care of. See, that's why I could never do medical fetish. Because the hospital doesn't do, do safety for me. It does financial instability, anxiety. <laughs> it's all them bills. Yep. Trust me, I can absolutely relate right now. Uh... <clears throat> I think it's funny that um, I'm not going to talk about my personal life, but I literally just arrived home from spending three days in a hospital for a family matter. I have been surrounded by this stuff for three days, so no one can say I didn't go out and do my research. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, John. Way to go. Your dedication to this body. <laughs> a new level of dedication and research. Yes. And i tell you what. So, yeah, all in all. This is a fantastic fetish. I am absolutely down with it. Uh, of course, safety, safety, safety. There's too much to get into when it comes to the safety of this fetish. So we're going to go ahead and tell you, just don't be a dumbass. Mm -hmm. Don't <laughs> perform surgery on yourself. Look up the safety facts. If this is your kink, do your research. I think that this is we one could very spend similar another hour. To sounding, um, I would suggest if you are if you find yourself very interested, like you can do some of these smaller things, like dress up, you know that that type of thing, and um, without needing any expert. But if you are looking to delve more into this fetish, I would highly suggest, and I think the other two gentlemen in this podcast would agree, um, 
there are so many communities out there. Go find an expert, go find somebody who is well-versed in these procedures and in this fetish. So that way you are learning the proper way to do it safely because you can get incredibly hurt if not die. Um, so there are communities out there. They are just like anything in the community. They will be more than happy to teach you how to do things properly. So, um, mm -hmm. that, that is, that, that is my biggest push <laughs> on that though. <laughs> Absolutely. And like I said, there are ways to safely do this. There is no, uh, wrong way. I mean, there's no right way to do it. So just find your level of safety and yeah, do your research. We could talk for an hour and a half about why, you know, how to do this safely, but we ain't got that much time. Yeah, days. Too many we can tools talk days. And different levels of danger. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with that said, I think it's time, guys. I think it's time to spinny spinny the willy willy. Oh yay! But we'd be remiss. We'd be remiss though if, if with medical fetish we didn't mention those latex love lovers. We had to end oh. with that too. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Now let's get down with the sickness. <laughs> we could probably cover some of that uh, next week. Oh, um, so what we could do is we could wrap this up, put a little seal on it, put it in the fridge, <sighs> keep it safe, uh, keep it fresh. Talk about a little latex next week. Because um, you want to keep all the flavor in. You don't want it to get spoiled or leak or anything like that. So that's what we'll do. We will surround well, like, this up. I like when they leak. I mean... Saran yeah. wrap? No, we're gonna is tightly. it saran wrap? Saran wrap is what we're talking about next week. I was like, what are you talking? Because all I had was so, this, my, in my mind, this urine sample wrapped in saran wrap. I was like, what are we, what are we? Wow. Well, let's not, let's not saran wrap our pee, but okay. I'll tell you what, let's saran wrap this conversation okay. and I mean, talk about it next week when we're talking about saran wrap. This yeah, is going to cover doesn't... bondage, encasement, Latex, breath Poor man's condom. Mm -hmm. Human condom. Uh, voyeurism. <laughs> Next this week's going to be a chock full episode. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, this was a chock full episode. And um, <laughs> before we end tonight's episode, I do want to remind everybody, we're on that social media. Come follow us. Come tell us how we did. Tell us what you liked about this medical fetish. Like, If you have this fetish, Please, what part of this turns you on? Tell us, inform um, us, educate us. Be our voyeurs. We will be your exhibitionists. <laughs> yeah, or vice versa. Let us be your voyeur. Let us like learn from you. Let us experience through your eyes. Uh, I am your host, uh, John Dondero, and with me tonight, as always, a woman who uh, you always need a raincoat for, especially if you're McDreamy and an OBGYN, Miss <laughs> Rebecca. Good night, everyone. And the doctor is definitely in with Dr. Daddy Shep. Till next time. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>